Hey, my name is Chris McAllister, and I spent 10 years rabidly chasing my goals. A custom-built home at age 22, a custom-dream home for my family at age 27, a millionaire on paper. I spoke for large audiences. I led a nonprofit where I had a large team, and it all came crashing down. Eviction notice, a box of Cheerios I couldn't buy, I could barely feed my family, my wife sold her engagement ring, and I've spent the last eight years obsessively studying, teaching, coaching others on what I have to remind myself of every day, that the key to finding sustainable happiness, that sustainable flow, is to unblock yourself from self-sabotage and be at your best. My goal is to guide you through fear by slowing down the moment to help you harness your energy. This podcast will talk you through the stress and help you feel calm and organized. So we're continuing this 10,000 step journey. We've stirred up the vision to let it rage. We talked about how to be cunning uh, last week in a safe way. And before I get into today's real quick, uh, you can go to chrismcallister.com forward slash share and uh, the coaching filled up. We actually had double what I was planning. And so if you want to get in on the next cycle, you'll see that info there. Um, love to chat with you about that if you're interested. Uh, also, if you are reading the writer book or figure that shift out, thanks for the feedback and love to get a review. Um, those are so helpful and mean a ton. I am sitting in my vehicle outside my daughter's gymnastics practice. So it's possible some geese are going to go flying over. Uh, truck's going to drive by. Who knows what kind of audio fun we'll have today. Um, speaking of my daughters, this happened at thanks, or Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween. And I had to tell you this story because I think it symbolizes so much about what I want to chat with you about today when you figure out where your energy is coming from and how to renew yourself, not just get a quick hit of energy that actually, you know, erodes who you are. So she was going to be future girl for Halloween and she had it picked out. She had it figured out. It's going to be really cool. Super excited for what she wanted to do. Telling one of her friends about it, her, um, this person responded by saying, future girl, what's that? So this made her feel nervous because now she's got to explain it. She doesn't want to have to explain it. And it's this whole idea of what are they going to think of me when I do this? They're not going to know what I'm dressing as. Of course, you know, the whole thing about Halloween is an analogy of life. Everybody's worried about the costume they're wearing. They're not thinking about yours. Um, but anyway, so rather than do future girl, here's what happened. She, uh, went and got one of those. She wanted to go get one of those costumes already made. Um, I was super jacked for her to do this. It was going to be really cool. And then she changed. She'd already invested her allowance and some makeup and an outfit, bought stuff to make her hair green. And I ended up taking her to Target to buy a costume because it would be embarrassing for people to not know what she was. She went the route of conformity. Now, damn the way we kill originality, creativity, and expression. It happens all the time. And for most people, this goes like one of two ways. I will wear my future girl costume with a chip on my shoulder. So now I've got something to prove. So my energy is coming from a place of, I will show them. Or I will not wear my future girl costume because I'm going to hide. So I want you to do a quick glance back and think about this and the way that you get energized towards life. As you move forward with new projects, responsibilities, roles, you aggressively go after mission because we talked about stirring up the vision. I want you to think about what you've done and then what you've got coming up. 
how could the project that you're accomplishing or attempting right now come from a, a sense of falseness for you that you got to prove that this is going to happen or you're going to hide, you're going to diminish? Is there anyone that you would be trying to live for, to please, to make happy that would cause you to not live true to who you are? Now, so what I want to stir up in you is this idea that you can be visionary and empowering. What does it mean to be visionary and empowering? A friend framed it this way for me years ago. And this is how you can wear your future girl costume. You're building an organization. You're going after a vision. You want to see something happen that we tried to stir up those first four weeks. I want you to think about this like a, a continuum of extremes. On one extreme, you could be accommodating. I'm not going to wear the costume. On the other extreme, you could be dictating, right? And this is the proving. I'm going to wear it. You're going to deal with it, right? That energy with that chip on your shoulder. So when you're building something, when you're trying to execute a vision in your life, a health vision, financial relationship, you're, you're building an organization, you're making something happen, um, this plane is flying right over my head while I shared this with you. But when you're making something happen, you can go about doing that from an accommodating way. You're not really moving the team forward. You're just acquiescing or dictating. It's this proving, this chip on your shoulder. And, and I love the way my friend worded this years ago. He said, we want to aim to be at that center place, gracious and principle-centered. I'm not going to be accommodating. I want to have systems. If you don't hit the deadlines you're supposed to hit multiple times in a row, that hurts your ability to be on the team. Um, I'm not going to be dictating. I'm not going to not understand that things happen, uh, that we need to get you in a better role, that we need to change the culture, that we need to make something better. I'm going to live in that center tension, gracious and principle-centered. I'm going to wear my future girl costume without a chip on my shoulder. This is about energy. Energy, when you start to pay attention to it, you learn Everything you do erodes or renews you. Now, I want to give you two practical ways <clears throat> you can pay attention to this this next week. As you think about where your energy is coming from, um, I want you to first notice your motive in what you've got coming up, that project. You know, maybe you're doing it with a chip on your shoulder and there's somebody you need to forgive, to let go of that thing. Maybe there's somebody you need to go out, an organization or a person, go out and ask them to help what you're doing. Uh, rather than you going against the world, right, you're looking for places that can help you. So just notice your motive. And as you notice your motive, is there somebody that you need to let go of some kind of resentment, that chip on your shoulder? Or do you need to put yourself out there and ask for help? Both of these are different ways of counteracting the tendency that we have to hide or prove. And the hiding or the proving is what shuts down the expression of who we are. When the expression of who we are is shut down, right, we're not coming from that place where we're actually going to accomplish the vision. It's not gracious and principle-centered. So notice the motive. Where's the energy coming from? Anybody to forgive? Anybody to ask for help? Two, not only are you noticing the motive, I want you to notice how you engage the people around you when they're going to make a mistake, when they're going to fail. Here's what I mean. We talked about stirring up the vision. Now we let it rage. We become visionary leaders who can gaze off into the horizon, empowering leaders who help develop others. And all of this ties into the way that we deal with what it means to let 
people fail. When your false energy is at work, when you are hiding who you are, you're not going to wear that costume, proving it, you're going to power up, do it with a chip on your shoulder, here's what happens. You're insecure, and so you will not let people fall off the bike, so to speak, on your team. Let me give you an analogy of this. When I was teaching my kids to ride bikes, I will let them have small falls. Small falls happen. I'm going to let those small falls happen, and I am going to be there for them as they learn. I'm not going to let them ride into oncoming traffic, okay? I'm going to shut everything down to stop that from happening. So for the people I'm connected to, my kids, family members, my wife, teams I lead, people that I serve, people that I work with, the same is true for you. I will let them fall off the bike and learn and grow. I'm not going to insecurely step in and rescue them from everything. I will not let them ride into oncoming traffic. I'm not going to accept responsibility for their behavior, but I'm going to do everything I can to get their attention. So as you move forward and you start paying attention to how are you engaging the mission? What energy do you have? Is there a chip on the shoulder? I'm going to wear this costume. Proving is there hiding? I'm diminishing who I am. I'm not going to wear it. I'm just going to fit in and conform. And, and lose the beauty of who I am. Well, this week, notice the motive, okay? How you're engaging. Are there people that you need to ask for help from? Are there people you need to let go of that burden? And then how are you engaging when a mistake is made? Do you need to let them fall off the bike? Okay, but stop them from wrecking into oncoming traffic. Tons of leaders aren't developing people because they won't let them fall off the bike. They're insecure and afraid of what that means about them. And because they so hover over them and keep them from falling in small ways, they usually are exhausted and let them fall off the bike in big ways, even wrecking, crashing and burning into oncoming traffic. So watch that. Uh, Notice your energy and uh, keep on this 10,000 step journey. Peace.